0: Welcome to the Social Ideas Podcast, brought to you by the Cambridge Centre for Social Innovation. This series looks through the lens of those striving for a better world. I'm Pam Mungru. A few days ago, I had the opportunity to speak to Elham Yousafian from the International Disability Alliance.
1: I am a woman with disability myself. I was born blind and I'm from Iran. Afghanistan is our neighbour. There are a lot of Afghan refugees and immigrants in the country. So I have spoken to many Afghan families who resided in Iran. And at the same time, in my job, I am covering the impact of armed conflict on persons with disabilities. And this is how we notice that when there is a conflict, when there is an emergency, we people with disabilities, or as you put it, disabled people are the first to be forgotten and easily
0: forgotten. I asked Elham what her role as inclusive humanitarian action advisor has taught her about the impact of conflict on disabled people. I hear this
1: argument that not everyone, people without disability or quote-unquote healthy people are in danger, so what do you expect about people with disability and this again reflects that for many people our lives are as less of value or less important, they protect Disabled people only if and when they finish protecting others. We are an afterthought. Again, each time one emergency happens, each time the world is witnessing another conflict, displacement, crisis, disaster like a flood or earthquake, it again proves, sadly, again and again, that people with disabilities are not included. People with disabilities are not thought of. We are afterthought and kind of a luxury. If they do everything and they have some time, maybe they will say, oh, yeah, by the way, there are a group of disabled people. So unfortunately, in this situation, uh, and the context of Afghanistan, we're going to talk about it a little bit later, but it's specifically riskful for women, specifically riskful for people with disabilities. So... It's not difficult to imagine the situation of a woman with disability in Afghanistan.
0: You know, let, let's talk about what's been happening in Afghanistan for the last couple of weeks. I mean, you know, the pictures of desperation that are coming out are, are shocking. You're seeing people hanging off of planes. And you're seeing children being handed over barbed wires and, and the queues of people desperate to get out. And yet in none of those pictures are we seeing disabled people. And I'm not necessarily saying that this is the narrative of the media, although that has its own issues. But why do you feel perhaps that that they are not there? We're talking about a country that I can imagine
1: that most of the roads and streets are not even accessible for disabled people. So in a, in a normal peaceful day, I wouldn't imagine that you would see many disabled people in Afghanistan's streets, right? Many of my friends who have immigrated from Iran, going to Canada or the US or Europe, have been telling me, wow, when we came here, we just noticed how many disabled people living in these countries. And I say, that, say to them, well, oh, same or even more number live in Iran, live in Afghanistan but you don't see them because they can't even come out of the house. So we are talking about the context that even if there was no Taliban there, even if there was no uh, emergency situation there, it would be hard for disabled people to come out of the house, not just because of accessibility and physical barriers, but also because of the attitudinal barriers. Yeah, imagine that many families who see a woman, a girl, just as a reproductive material that would marry someone someday. And that's the only purpose of life that they can define for a woman. So they wouldn't allow a disabled woman to go out of the house. They feel that disabled women are a kind of shame for the family. So this attitude actually is a barrier. I think this is well documented in the report that my colleagues in human rights watched it last year about the situation of disabled women in Afghanistan before the current situation. So imagining that context and then adding to that, the uh, emergency situation that people just don't care about anything, they just try to find a way out. Of course, it is not going to be possible to imagine to see disabled people, especially disabled women among this population who is trying to find a way out. So I would be surprised if you could see that. I mean, the photos that media share and get become so like viral, they always uh, show the tip of the iceberg. They capture only one aspect of the situation. No one would take a photo. And if you had someone to take photos of the situation of disabled women in Afghanistan, I would imagine that there would be photo of a disabled woman sitting at home by herself. Family members are out trying to find a way out uh, or trying to probably collect some food or buy some essential items or even leaving the country, you know, uh, depending on the situation. The photo would be the photo of a disabled woman who is not really having any way to do anything or find a way around. And this is not because we... The disabled women do not have the capacity or ability. This is because of all the barriers, because of all the discrimination and exclusion that has been happening, just uh, doubled or tripled by the emergency.
0: In your role as the inclusive humanitarian action and disaster risk reduction advisor for the International Disability Alliance, what are your thoughts and feelings around the issues of the impact of conflict and displacement on women with disabilities just in general?
1: Despite all the challenges, it is documented that women with disabilities face more risk of violence and abuse are more likely to be left out when the evacuation happens and very more likely to not to be able to continue the journey of displacement And even if they reach some sort of displacement camp, they face additional barriers. The good news is that, I mean, I don't know if it's good to describe it as the good news, but two years ago, the UN Security Council adopted a resolution 2475 for the first time calling for inclusion and participation of people with disabilities in armed conflict. This is a very strong resolution. And if really implemented, Any statement, any action by the UN Security Council or all governments, because we know that Security Council resolutions are mandatory, obligatory for all governments who are members of the Charter of the United Nations. If people would be supposed to respect this resolution, then we would have been, or we should have been, visiting and noticing uh, inclusion of people with disabilities in any action taken to protect civilians in Afghanistan. Well, I don't want to talk about the unexpectedly, or maybe expectedly, weak role of the United Nations Security Council about this, this crisis in Afghanistan, because this is a political conversation. And we are not here to have that. But I really hope that whatever they do, and I know that they are working on some resolution. I don't have the most recent update today they make sure to include people with disabilities in any measures, whatever that measure is. I hope that they make sure to include people with disabilities and this resolution that was adopted by themselves. Yeah, so we know that people with disabilities, especially women with disabilities and children with disabilities, are at higher risk when there is a conflict. Because, you know, when the family is fleeing or escaping the situation, first of all, it's very likely that women with disabilities are being left behind. Because imagine that the assistive device, the wheelchair, is broken because of the conflict, or the family needs to be very quick so they cannot carry or support a person with disability. In some contexts, people with mental health conditions or intellectual disabilities, unfortunately, are being left behind purposefully because they feel that it's not easy to take them along in that journey. And then during the journey, as accessing the very essential, services such as food, water, uh, sanitation, or hygiene would be difficult. So families uh, would struggle. And maybe sometimes uh, the family member with disability would be left in the middle of the journey. If, you know, right now the situation is so difficult in Afghanistan. So um, many, like, bordering countries are, like, not opening their borders for Afghan refugees. So we don't even see a successful flood of displacement, people going to neighboring countries for a temporary time. But even if that happens or people go to safer areas, uh, again, that would be another series of challenge for women with disabilities. Because uh, usually in this context, nothing is ready for life of a person with disability. There is no accessible wash services, no accessible water and sanitation services. The area that they live in, the shelters are not accessible. The healthcare is limited for everyone and even more for people with disabilities. So, yeah, the situation is unbelievably difficult for everyone and just double or triple that for disabled women.
0: It's probably unfair to ask you to speculate or hypothesize on the situation that is ongoing in Afghanistan at the moment, but I'm going to anyway. What do you think is likely to happen to these women and men and disabled children who are left behind? What do you think the Taliban is likely to do or or, or could possibly do to them?
1: We have been hearing this news that uh, Taliban is taking uh, single women, 12 and single girls, I don't know, like children, 12 to 45 for quote unquote what they call marriage with uh, Talibs. So maybe some of these disabled women would be taken for that. I wouldn't imagine uh, how that would happen, but uh, this is so difficult for me to talk about, but maybe for them, some of these women even don't, I mean, I'm so sorry to speak like this language, but maybe not even worth that. And We are talking about a group and they have a very clear evil. I don't There, I don't doubt using this word, um, record, 20 years ago when they controlled the country. So for them, women are just objects of sexual gratification and reproduction. So if they feel that a woman is not even that, I don't know what would happen to that woman. The best scenario would be total ignorance. I don't want to talk about the other scenarios that may happen
0: how does seeing all of this play out make you as a woman who has a disability feel i wish i could do
1: more personally i am a solution-based person i just uh whenever some i face a barrier i face a problem in my life my first reaction is what can i do about it and uh, in this current situation there's not much that. I can do, I can, we in our organization, and we are the alliance of organizations of persons with disabilities, we can issue statements. We can contact the UN agencies, contact the governments and say, hey, you need to make sure to remember persons with disabilities and women with disabilities in whatever you do for this crisis. But the reality is that they have proven to be really ignorant to the situation in Afghanistan. When I think about the decision, I mean, I don't want to talk about the political decision of Trump and Biden administration to evacuate Afghanistan and take the troops out, because this is out of my area of expertise. But what I can definitely say is that, did they really consider what would happen to women? What would, we, what would happen to people with disabilities? And what would happen to women with disabilities when they're making these decisions? I don't want to challenge it these decisions because I don't have all the information. What I want to ask, and I wish I could ask them one day, did you consider what would happen to us when you were making this decision? So I feel like, you know, we still need to work hard to reach the point that we are considered in this important political decisions and any planning, any any reaction that this world is deciding to have to this kind of crisis. And, you know, take it to different levels. Like, I can imagine that right now some countries are working on on some support programs for those whose lives are in danger in Afghanistan. But my question to these people is that, are you considering uh, women with disabilities and in more general, people with disabilities in your plans and policies? Or again, you're forgetting about us. So that's how I feel. I feel there is much to be done and there is less that I can do. So I wish I could do better. It just makes me feel that we have a long way to go and we need to work hard.
0: You've spoken about UN agencies and obviously the US government. I'm British, so I'm going to throw the UK government into this pot as well. What do you think that these organizations and governments should be doing to help?
1: Well, what they have done or what they have not done, we touched a little bit. But right now, we are kind of witnessing the situation in Afghanistan, that everybody is trying to find a way out. And I'm sure that people with disabilities and women with disabilities are being pushed to the end of this queue of leaving the country. So what I request them to do right now urgently, right now, is to consider prioritization of people with disabilities in general, and in particular women and children with disabilities, in their evacuation policies and programs. Make sure that if they have any program to apply for uh, emergency evacuation, that program is accessible and inclusive of people with disabilities. And when they are uh, accepting quotas of Asylum seekers, refugees, they consider that some of these groups should be people with disabilities. They make sure that people with disabilities are at least equally protected if not prioritized in their rescue and support programs.
0: Is there any way that an ordinary human being like me can help to raise the voices of disabled people in general, disabled women specifically, in situations of conflict, and also domestic situations at home? Yeah, there are things that ordinary, I would say,
1: British national, for example, can do. You can use your social media to talk about this. So even sending a post out in your social media about, now that everybody's talking about people in Afghanistan, does anybody remember what's happening to people with disabilities? Even that single post that maybe like 50 people, 100 people, 1,000 people would see, that would make a change because they would do the same in their own, and that would uh, make the chain of uh, awareness raising and sensitization. Then you can also write to your human rights organizations, uh, your government. There are, you, can, you can be part of the advocacy and write and say, hello, ex-organization. I know you're working to support people in Afghanistan. I just wanted to remind you, please, to make sure to include people with disabilities and women with disabilities in your uh, support programs, whatever that program is. And maybe at later stage, when refugees arrive in your country, there would be volunteer programs that maybe you can join, for example, to make sure to support people with disabilities and women with disabilities who arrive in your country To support them, to take them around, to make sure that this adaptation process goes smoothly for them. If you are donating something to organizations who support people in Afghanistan, be more careful. Look which organization is talking about supporting women with disabilities, supporting disabled people. And prioritize them in your donations and highlight them and encourage everyone else to Uh, donate to those organizations and write to them and say hey I wanted to donate to your organization but I see you do not talk about people with disabilities you do not talk about women so I wanted to say please do that that would be a very strong way to encourage them to be more inclusive these are just some things that I could think of but I guess there would be more if uh, based on the context that each person is
0: thank you is there anything else you would like to add
1: Everyone is speaking about civil society in Afghanistan, like how Taliban would be against any kind of civil society, any kind of NGO activities. And I want to highlight that there are NGOs we call organizations of persons with disabilities or disabled people's organizations, OPDs or DPOs. These are NGOs that are actually established by persons with disabilities, governed by persons with disabilities, and work for persons with disabilities. And uh, I assume that these organizations have been playing an important key role, enhancing the capacities of persons with disabilities, raising social awareness, enhancing the capacities of uh, government of Afghanistan, other civil society, humanitarian actors, about how to interact with people with disabilities, how to include persons with disabilities in their work. And now that this situation has happened, I assume that these organizations are also damaged. So I just want to highlight that the role of these organizations is small but very important actors who have been playing an important role on the ground. And right now we don't know what's happening to them.
0: Thank you to Elham Yousafiyan from the International Disability Alliance. You can find out more about the Cambridge Centre for Social Innovation by following us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter and YouTube.